Support for the Sponsor Pod and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey guys, it's Jason. Welcome to episode number 11 of the Sponsor Pod featuring Ryan Holloway, president and founder of Peak Sports Management. Peak Sports partners with university athletic departments across the country, helping them gain more revenue through sponsorship sales. He has an amazing story, but we spend lots of time talking about how COVID has affected his business with fall sports being delayed to the spring. He has an amazing attitude about approaching today's challenges. You'll love listening to his story. Enjoy the show. throw a curveball your way would you be interested in, in potentially working with us you know, which school was that this is central arkansas okay and this is when i was at mcneese and and uh and so i called kara up and i said hey i think we're starting our business today and and so she said cool and and i called up my boss i called karen and i said hey i i'm gonna start my own business and i'm gonna compete against you and uh and I was surprised she didn't fire me that day. And we, 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 we continued to work with each other for another four or five months. And, um, and, and then fortunately, I mean, you know, she, she knew the schools that I was talking to. And we, had a, we had a good exit. And, uh, and then I, Kara uh, and I fortunately won the, won the bid at, at Central Arkansas. And, This is the Sponsor Pod, a show about sponsorship leaders and their experiences, stories, and how they see the ever-changing world of sponsorships. I'm Jason Smith, and on the show today, we're going to hear from Ryan Holloway, president and founder of Peak Sports Management. I connected with Ryan to hear about his sponsorship journey. You know, I, it, it's funny. Some people have, have, have told me that I'm an entrepreneur, and, and that was like a, a, a dirty word in our household. And, and the reason I say that is my, my dad worked for the federal government. He worked for the FDIC, uh, insuring banks, sometimes closing banks down. And, and, uh, it, and so you want to talk about a most stable job you can have working for the federal government. And, and, and we, we moved around wherever there were banking issues. And, and so I, I was born in, in Tennessee. Where they were having some some issues at, at some banks there, and then we, we went out to California for for a little while, and and then we were in in, in Illinois, and in you know really my first memories were, were in the Chicago area. We we're in the suburbs, and it's where I started elementary, and then we moved down to Texas when they had some some really big savings and loans issues, and and and, and so that's what you know my my dad kind of beat me in the head. Get get yourself a good job with good benefits, and uh, and I've come to done the exact opposite, but I, I grew up in, 
no brothers, three sisters. Obviously, my mom's a my mom had uh, one brother and, and five sisters, and my dad no brothers, two sisters, and so having that perspective, I think, is is giving me a pretty good perspective through throughout my life. Um, I was very well trained with with my wife Kara to, in, in our girls. We just have two girls no boys to, to make sure I'm putting down the toilet seat. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's been big, in, big in my world for, for sure. And that's important too. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's you know, a big deal. It, it, it really is. But I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I was born in Tennessee. I've lived all over. Uh, when people ask where I'm from, I, 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 I love to say that I'm, I'm from the Chicago area, but I'm a Texan. Um, you know, I, I wasn't born in Texas, but as people say here, wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as, as, as quick as I could. But my, my definitely my formative years have, have been in Texas. And it's a, it's a great place to be and a great place to, to raise a family for sure. So with your dad being in the banking industry, did you did you ever feel like that was going to be your path just because that's what you grew up around? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, and I know we'll talk, talk a little bit about this, but I, you know, when I went off to college, I, I got a finance degree and and so the the whole uh, I I always signed up for you know bring your dad to work day and and, and take your kid to work day because I just I, I always thought it was cool and um, if I could get out of school or have my dad come in and because if he came in he was going to bring me a McDonald's right and I didn't have to eat the the school lunch and uh, <laughs> and, and so yeah I I, I kind of followed in his his footsteps and. Um, and, and I, I do, I did know this. I, I wanted to, I, I would look at bank interest rates versus what you could make in the market. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, dad, but getting money in the market is a little sexier than the, the few percentage points you could get at a bank. And, and so I said, you know, I, I want to go into financial services and, and I, I want to be a, a stockbroker or a financial advisor, you know, and, and, and kind of explore that route in, it was a little bit more of appeal to me than, than being in the regulatory side and, and making sure that, that banks were in compliance. And, and, and so, but, but it's definitely in my DNA for sure. And, and you went to Texas State University and, and you talked about getting that finance degree and, you know, you may want to, you know, be a broker or do, do that. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of why you went with finance, but you also got a marketing degree with that. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So Wait, how come, how come marketing and finance together? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my, my first, uh, when I first showed up at Texas state and, and I had an opportunity to start to take some upper level, upper level classes, I, I, I took, uh, I took five classes that, that first semester I, I took a, a management, a marketing, uh, a finance, uh, economics, and, uh, I, I forget the other class, but, I just fell in love with finance, but I also knew that marketing was, was something that, that, that could certainly assist. But tr truth be told, I, I took winter classes, summer classes, and I was on track to, to graduate right on time in four years flat. Nobody, none of my friends were doing it. And so still to this day, it might be my best sales job of all time of calling my parents up saying, I'm, I'm not ready to graduate yet. I want to, I want to add marketing to this. And, and I somehow convinced them to, 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 to sign off on it and not only pay it. And, and I ended up finishing up school in four and a half years. And, and it was, it was, it was perfect to, to do that. But, but in all seriousness though, it, it, it did give me some, some additional tools in, in my, in my, uh, in my tool chest, so to speak of, 
of going out there and, and not only be able to kind of figure out the, the math behind things, but then how do we get projects off the ground and how do we sell them? And that's something that, uh, that was r- really important to me as, as I started my career. And, and why did you choose Texas State? Yeah. So, it, uh, you know, for, for me, it was something that it, it just felt right. And uh, when, when I went to school there, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I, my, my dad started off at, at East Texas State, which is now Texas A&M Commerce. And he ended up going to University of Texas after that. But I used to give him flack all the time. I said, Dad, you're so old. They, they've changed the campus since you left. Well, when, when I showed up at Texas State, it was actually Southwest Texas. And they've now since changed their name to Texas State. But 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 it it, it felt right. It, it felt like the good size. It I, I think the most important thing is it, it felt like a university that was on the rise. That they were building things, not only just building the you know actual buildings, but they were they were building the thing into a new university. And the name change was always there, but you just had that there of hey we're we're, we're building. And, and I've always been really interested in. In, in building things rather than just showing up and when things are already there. And, yeah. and that was a big part of it. And I was able to get really involved with, with uh, student government when I was there and, you know, be somebody that represented a thousand student voices. It, it, it was pretty cool. You've obviously, we're, we're going to get to peak sports and you, you've built this sports sponsorship marketing company. When did sports become a big part of your, your life? Did you play it growing up? in college where where did the love of sports start for you yeah absolutely so i you know was always a big sports fan and just like everybody else trading baseball cards going to games i i loved all all of that stuff what's um, the best card you ever had well probably my favorite it is still my favorite and i have it sitting on my desk as i talk to you right now is is the 89 uh, king griffey jr upper deck rookie card oh uh, nice there's just something special about that card. I grew up a Ryan Sandberg fan, um, but uh, I, I've got some old Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra. And Rog- I got Roger Maris's card from '61 when he broke. Uh, oh, that's great! Record. And so it was just it was fun. But what you know, what I found myself is you know I was going to games when when I was going to school, and I, I was more fascinated in how did the teams get there, and and why are these two teams playing each other, and why is there a team from Jacksonville, Alabama, that's in the same conference as, as a school here in, in San Marcos, Texas. And, and why are they just affiliate members in the same conference? And why aren't they in the same regular conference together? And I, I would think of that more than how the play was drawn up, right? And, and I found out real quick through, through high school, I, I wasn't that good of an athlete, right? And, and so I just, I, I, I don't know, I'm just an inquisitive person and, and would really kind of nerd out on, on everything but the actual game itself. and The actual business side of it. The business side of it, with, without a doubt. And, um, and, and so that's where I got really, really interested in, in, in these types of things. And, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, I, at the time, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, you had Ohio University, uh, UMass, a couple other programs, but there was no sport management. You know, if, if it was, it was a kinesiology degree that would kind of dabble in it. But, you know, right, right out of school, I, I tried to go, you know, go chase that finance dream. And, uh, but I always knew that the, the uh, working in sports was, was my true passion, but I had passed that up and went out to Atlanta to, to go, to go work something. And, 
went for good money and got paid good money, but it, you know, there's something about chasing your passion. That's, uh, that's, that, that, that that's where you got to be. So is that what, that's what you did coming out of college? You did, kind of focused on that finance side and then, cause you graduated in 2002, but your first, you know, sports job, I believe was when you were the marketing assistant for Texas state in 2005. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so fortunately I, when, when I finished up school and I, I moved to Atlanta, I took a job working for this financial services firm in, in Atlanta and worked there for, for about two and a half years. And, uh, I, I stayed in contact with the, with, with now the new athletic director at, at, at Texas state. And, yeah. um, and, and most of the time, truth be told, and it's, it's, Larry Tyson, he's still there. I, I would, t- I would email him and say, why, why, why'd you schedule this game and not this game? And, you know, we got to fire this guy. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of the, the uh, annoying fan. And, and unfortunately for, for Dr. Tice, I, I didn't even donate money. And I don't know why he even listened to me, but, but he would, I think he saw something there. And, and when I would come into town and, you know, San Marcos wasn't far from where my parents were now living. And so I, I'd go in and, and have lunch with him and, and whatnot. So I built up a, a, a really nice r- rapport with him. And, uh, and then I worked in Atlanta for a couple of years and then uh, kind of lost the, the flame there. And, and, a, and I'm also really into hiking and hence peak sports. And, and, and I get a call from a friend that's in Seattle and he says, Hey, I, I, I you know, I, I can get you a job working for a distributor for Exxon Mobil selling oil but it's in Seattle and I'm thinking Seattle, I can hike, let's do it. Well, I'm driving from Atlanta to Seattle with my dad and, and every, you know, we're going through all these small towns and we're talking about athletics and I'm talking about all these different things and conference affiliation. And my dad says, what the heck are you doing this job? You need to do this. And, you know, lo and behold, about a year later, did it just uh, hit you in the car at that point? Uh, like, well, it, it, it did, it, it did hit me in the car that I, I I've missed another opportunity. You know, I, I, I'm on my way to Seattle working for, I'm going to be selling oil and, 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 and it's not even like sexy side of it. It's like selling, you know, oil you put in your car, you know, it's not these big deals, but Hey, I could go to Seattle and I can hike. And, but you know, hurricane Katrina comes through in 2005, throws the supply chain off. Um, you know, once it came through Louisiana and, and later hurricane Rita. And, and so they, uh, they, they laid off, you know, a bunch of people with a small distributor and I was one of them. And I, I called my dad and he said, you know what you need to do? You need to call Larry Tice and talk to him about getting a job. And I said, he's not going to do it. And I called Larry up and, and he said, I'll, I'll figure out a job for you, but I'm telling you one thing, Ryan, I'm, I'm only going to give you a job. He said, I'm giving you a job because I know you believe maroon and gold. Like that's the base of it. But the reason I'm going to figure this thing out is I want to prove you wrong. And so I, I, I got accepted into the master's program, headed down there. I think I was making $600 uh, per month. And I, I slept on my sister's couch because she was doing her undergrad at Texas State at the time. And, and then uh, about two months in there, Larry came down to my office. My, my, it, was really, it was literally an old broom closet. And he said, hey, man, let's, let's do lunch. And so I went out to lunch and he just sat down. He said, how, how – how wrong were you and how right was I about all my decisions? And I said, I said, Larry, I said, you're hundred percent right. And I appreciate you bringing me on. He said, good. You know what athletics is about. There's, there's a lot that's going on in this world. And, 
and, and that was my start there in, in, in 2005 at, at, at Texas State. That's amazing. That, that's awesome. That's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you have you doing at that point? So like when he said, Hey, I'm going to figure out a job for you. Like, what did he, I mean, you're, you were a quote unquote marketing assistant. What, what did he have you do? Yeah. So, so when I showed up, I, uh, I was working in marketing cause that's where they knew they could, they could get the 600 bucks a month. And so that was my, my job. And I, I think I was supposed to work, I don't know, 15, 20 hours, something like that a week. But, but I asked, I asked Larry, I said, Hey, I, I think this is what I want to do, but I would love to see other things. And so he, so in the staff meeting, he stood me up and introduced me. He said, this is Ryan. Like he's got to work 20 hours with, with Brian Miller over here. Who, who's, who is still the, the he's associated with marketing. And he said, but we want to get him involved in development and tickets and sports information and compliance. And, and it was really cool. It was like a, it was like a, uh, rotations that that doctors go through and so a week or two i worked in you know sports info a week or two i worked in compliance and i, I started figuring out it, it really quick that there was things that i did not like right and um well and, that's good it sounded like you got your hands on a lot of different things for that purpose things you did like things you didn't so that you could decide which direction you wanted to go absolutely and whenever i talk to folks that are really new in the business or trying to get into it is you think you might want to be a quote unquote sports writer, but do you know what that means? And you, you want to be in sports information or you want to be in compliance, go do it and, and you'll figure out if you like it or you don't like it. And so for me, don't go and get involved to figure out if you like something, go and get involved and figure out what you don't like, because why go to school for four or five years and then never even do something and figure out it's miserable doing it. But I, I was afforded a, excellent opportunity to, to to work there in the department but I, I ultimately was was a marketing assistant and I think by the time I w finished up there I think I think I was making eight hundred dollars maybe eight hundred fifty a month wow. uh, I basically had unlimited uh, Domino's pizza I could eat uh, <laughs> you had all the trade in the world to use the trade in the world and I, and <laughs> I ate it all the time uh, and then I could also go to Bahama Bucks, which was like a snow cone place. So I, I went there a lot. So your diet consisted of pizza and snow cones? I, exactly. Exactly. And in date nights, if I met a girl, we'd go to Bahama Bucks and, uh, <laughs> and, and she could get with however many flavors she wanted. But, 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 you know, it was it, it, during that time, I, I, Dr. Tice told me, he said, make sure you're reaching out to other ADs. You know, there's a lot of ADs in this area. You can go up to Austin, you can go down to San Antonio, you can go over to College Station, you can go over to Houston and, and build rapport in relationships like you have with me and they're going to take you far. And the very first meeting I had was with was with the Lost Dodds, the, the AD at Texas that was there forever. And, you know, he told me what, what sticks with me today is he said, Ryan, go to where you want to be. And I said, what does that mean? He said, if you want to if you want to be a power five AD, get out of Texas state and, and show up at, at a power five AD's doorstep and say, I want to work here. I want to be an AD someday and learn those ropes. And, but going back to my undergrad days, I knew I wanted to be a builder and I wanted to be at that size. And so I knew I was at where I wanted to be. And, and then the second thing he told me is, is outwork your boss. And, uh, and, and what was cool is is I, I tried to put in as many hours as, as I could and, and outwork my bosses and 
and, and then fortunately one day one of the guys came in Chris Parks who's who's uh Chris Park that's that's now a deputy AD at Washington State came and knocked on my door and said hey um I just got off the phone with Greg Burke he's he's the AD at Northwestern State and he's looking for a assistant AD of marketing and and you can make 30 grand a year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's, this is great. And that was a fortune compared to six or $800 uh, it, a month. Right. It was, it <laughs> was. And, and, and the crazy thing is Chris was wrong and I interviewed and they offered me 35. And, uh, and so I, I, I thank Chris and I said, matter of fact, I said, man, I got 35. He said, you, you're a good negotiator. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I ever told him that, that that was just the offer, but <laughs> I, just, I ran with that. And, I would have too. I'd been like, yeah, I mean, I really pressed him hard. Exactly. (laughs) So I, you know, in, in, uh, you know, what's neat about that is I I still stay in touch with, with the, with the folks at at Texas state and, um, and, you know, I go to, I go to Northwestern state and Cincinnati marketing and, and, and promotions. And, and I had a bunch of things under my title, the ticket office. I, I had, uh, our branding and, and really our, our, uh, our licensing that was under that. And, I found out that we were buying shirts, uh, you know, our bookstores and whatnot. We're buying shirts and license plate covers and pens. It just said Northwestern on there. Cause in the state you, you've got, you got Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, you, you've got a couple other directional schools. And so people don't say, well, I'm going to Southeastern Louisiana. They say I'm going to Southeastern. They say I'm going to Northwestern. And so they were just ordering this stuff, but Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois was getting all the royalties. And so, like immediately within a couple of months, I was able to increase our revenue projections by like 15 or 20 grand just based on royalties. And um, so I, I talked to Jim Phillips, uh, the AD at Northwestern, like a couple of years after that Enacta convention and said, hey, man, I'm sorry, but I've cost your department about 20 grand a year because I found a mistake that our, our bookstore was making, um, which, which was pretty cool. But you know, as far as moving, moving out of the state, it, it, for me, I could have been in New York city or Natchitoches, Louisiana, and it didn't matter. I just, I, I put my head down. Um, you know, Greg Burke is, is, is still a mentor of mine, still a good friend of mine. We now work with them with, with peak sports. And, and he, he told me, he said, man, here are your jobs. And they were like three or four things like sell some sponsorships, market the heck out of these programs and provide a really good in-game experience. And, and as long as I was doing those three things, he didn't care about anything else I did. And, and, and so I was able to take the university through a rebranding campaign, new website, ticket systems, all, all of these things. And, and, and that was, that was really, really cool to be able to do that. And, and in a sense, I, I, in turn, I just really poured myself into, into my job there. Yeah. Did you feel like this was the job that really, that gave you the experience you needed to kind of springboard you? Oh, without, without a doubt, you know, the, the the job at Texas State it, it got my foot in the door and I worked my tail off just because yep. I wanted to I wanted to stand out above everybody um, and, and I was given some responsibility I you know oversold saw marketing for women's soccer and softball and you know did, did a lot of different things but I wasn't the man you know I wasn't the woman or the man I wasn't the person in charge but at Northwestern State a hundred percent I. I probably made more mistakes there than, than I did good. Right. And, uh, which was great because I, I was trying, I, I put myself out, worked with an AD that, that allowed me to do that. And, you know, obviously none of my mistakes were, 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 were fatal, but just a lot of, a lot of things tried lots of promotions and, 
tried different avenues of doing different things, but without a doubt, that's that 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 put me on the map. That's when I was able to go to NAFTA conventions. Um, that's when I, you know, I, I was able to kind of really put myself into a role, which was which was really really neat, really awesome. Well, and it's good that you that you can work with people that are okay with what, what you know what I've like to call you know paying tuition. Yes. Once on something, just don't make the second mistake twice. Yep. Sometimes it might cost you a little bit, but it's it's tuition at school. You learn from a mistake, right? And then yeah. and then you uh, then you learn from it, and then from here on out, you'll never make that mistake again. Absolutely. Like, and I'll tell you just a real quick story. What what is one of those things? So we we broke a Guinness World Record of having the most people wearing the Groucho Marks. Uh, glasses with the mustache. It's basically the skies. Well, by the time we were playing this game, and, and this wasn't much of a mistake. I mean, it was executed great. We, we broke the records and got the awards and all that. But the problem on the planning is I, I, I could have looked at things a little different. Well, we, we I did it around a, a football team that was struggling, and we were 0-5. And, and so what it looked like, it looked like 7,500 people embarrassed to be at a Northwest state football game. And so they were in disguises. Right. Um, and so we got ridiculed for that by some people, including some coaches, but, but the punchline is, is we had 7,500 fans that thought they were doing something pretty cool and they, they got to be put in the book and, um, and we were in some different papers and it was a fun experience. Right. And, and you got to put yourself out there and, and I was still looked at as, wow, he's, he's trying, he's doing a good job. But man, imagine if we were five and oh, and that happened, like I would have been a genius. Um, but, but I had a good athletic director that was willing to support some kind of weird ideas like that. Yeah. And support some creativity. And how long were you there at Northwestern yeah, state? So I was there just under, just under three years. Um, and, you know, went, went from, you know, so they're an FCS program, you know, they're one double A at the time as they called it. And, you know, work, work my tail off. And then, uh, this kind of where, where Kara came into the picture where we, we went to high school together and, and we, uh, kind of started talking again. And, and I had an opportunity to go to Niagara university, become an associate AD or go to, to Rice and become a, an assistant AD. So I could go the FBS route conference USA, or I could have, could have gone the, the non-football route, but had a higher position. And, uh, in rice just felt better. Uh, I'm a baseball guy. Uh, it was closer to home, uh, those types of things. And, and so I said, what the heck, let's, let's give this thing a, let's give this thing a whirl. And, and, and so went to Texas and, and was there and, and, and that was a great move. I, I learned probably more about myself and leadership there than, than I, I I've still learned to this day. You know, I worked for three athletic directors in under two years. Um, it was a very, very challenging time for, for me professionally um, because it, it was a lot of conference affiliation was shifting. So Rice, I, I still probably think to this day, they're probably not pleased. They're Conference USA. They probably feel that they're at a higher level. So when you've got that, you, you've got one AD that's hired you, you have another AD that comes in, and then you've got a third AD. It's a challenge, right, of how, how can I survive? And I learned out really, I learned really quick that I didn't want to be an athletic director and there's more to life than, than, than that. And, and, and not saying that being a business owner is, is, is easy, but, um, but it, it's interesting because you wanted to become an athletic director, but the more and more that you spent time in there, you realized you didn't. 
exactly. hundred percent. And, and I mean, there's, there's a lesson to be learned there. Oh, with, without a doubt. And there's, I mean, there's some really good folks at Rice and some folks that I worked with that are, that are, are still there. But I, I just learned that um, it, it's a challenge, right? When you're hired by one group and, and then a, a kind of a new regime comes in and you're just tied to the last group, even though you're just there to make the student athlete experience better and the fan experience better and, and so on and so forth, that you just realize that there's more to, more to life than, than putting on the best volleyball in game atmosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, so I'm, I'm there for a couple of years and, uh, and, and that was actually really neat. Uh, Kara, we, we got engaged, Kara moved down to Houston and we were RAs for, for a year at Rice and at, at Rice it's, it's not upperclassmen, it's faculty or staff. So we were RAs on campus and we, we, we it was a really, really good experience. So was she working at Rice too? She wasn't. She was. She was a school teacher. Okay. And, and Rice is 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 pretty open about that. You know, we're not married, living together there. At least engaged. We, we're allowed to have a dog. Um, we had Frank, who's still with us. He was he was there, and and she worked <laughs> off campus. And we got a meal plan, free parking, and, and a free place to stay as we were just about to start our lives together. So it was a that's awesome, wonderful thing. But I I uh, you know we we we're sitting here stress to the gills. Um, it, it's we're trying to press new ADs, um, you know, trying to look all these things and hear, hear, hear my phone rings. And I, I get a call from, uh, from Tommy McClellan, who's the AD at losing a tech right now. He's about to become the deputy at, at Bandy. Um, and, and he was at McNeese state. And, and also on that call was, was Ryan Ivy, who's now the athletic director at, at Stephen F. Austin. Um, they said, Hey, we're, we're bringing on this company, KP sports. And we, we love for you to be the GM. Do you want to do it? And, and it was a two hour drive over. And I said, let's go check it out. And we said, let's do it. And because uh, you know what, it, these Olympic sports are important without a doubt. You know, I, I care a lot about women's soccer. Kara played for two years in college, but, but there's more to life than, than working every single event. Um, you know, there's let's focus on the ones that make sense and uh and, and then try to um try to maximize those and and then and then just enjoy the rest of the ones and, and now, so now Kara was a school teacher when you were at rice there did did she have, end up getting into the sports world even before she became a founder with you with peak yeah so she um whether she liked it or not when we went to mcneese she she became that right so we got married had our first kiddo and so she stayed home with 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 our oldest and I was a one-man shop at, at, at nearly a million-dollar property. Grew it a lot, and so she was basically my unpaid intern, right? I would bring home work, and and she would fill out stuff, contract fulfillment. So that's where she got her experience. It, it, exactly, and and she it's it's funny she she was an athletic director for middle school, which a lot of scheduling things like that. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And, and but but this was her first opportunity to understand what sponsorship sales were and her really working in athletics and the cadence and she she kind of understood that from from our, our our kind of our courtship of hey i'm sorry i can't come to dallas and we we're starting to talk and the company i worked for kp sports awesome job carrie perry female owner um just built a tremendous business in this space and there, there are a lot of things that i think she did a, a wonderful job on there's a couple things that i said maybe we could you know modify these things and make them better and Kara looked at me one day and said, let's just start our own business. And, 
And I said, well, how am I going to do this? And she said, Ryan, you know, a ton of people in this business and you know, this business is, is about, is about relationships. And, 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 you know, fortunately, Dr. Dr. Brad Teague that's at Central Arkansas called me one day and said, Hey, I, I, I think we want to outsource this. You think KP sports would be interested? And I said, I'm sure they would, but let me throw a curveball your way. Would you be interested in, in potentially working with us? You know, and which school was that? This is Central Arkansas. Okay. And this is when I was at McNeese, and and uh, and so I called Kara up and I said, "Hey, I think we're starting our business today." And and so she said, "Cool." And and I called up my boss. I called Carrie, and I said, "Hey, I I'm going to start my own business, and I'm going to compete against you." And uh, and I was surprised she didn't fire me that day. And we 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 continued to work with each other for another four or five months and um and and then fortunately i mean you know she she knew the schools that i was talking to we had a we had a good exit and uh and then i uh karen and i fortunately won the won the bid at, at central arkansas and and then and kind of the rest is history and that was in that was in 2012 but When we come back, Ryan and Kara start bringing on more schools under the peak sports umbrella and start down the path of entrepreneurship. We talk about how important culture is for their company and how COVID is affecting sponsorships and how he plans to take his business to the next level. Stay with us. This is Jason Smith, and you're listening to The Sponsor Pod. Support for The Sponsor Pod and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey, welcome back to the Sponsor Pod. I'm Jason Smith. Ryan is competing with his employer, KP Sports, and after a few months, he's fired and goes all in on peak sports management. Starting a business isn't for the faint of heart. You know, we, when it got real to Carrie that I was competing against her, uh, I, I got fired. So on, on October 13th of 2012, she, she fired me. Uh, November 27th. I'm surprised we, she kept you on that long. I, I, I'm, I'm still surprised to this day. And, I'm floored, in fact. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think the part of it is if there's a way, and I've talked about this all the time with our employees, is if there's a proper way to do things, I, I think I did the proper thing where I went to her and just laid it on the line. And, and I think she really appreciated that. And, and I said, look, I, 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 I want to go after schools that we would be going after. And, and, and she runs her, she ran her business a little different than we run ours now. She wasn't really transparent. So I didn't have, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. She just, I didn't have much information of, how things were set up at schools. I didn't have access even to our contract that we had. So there wasn't a lot of institutional or proprietary type stuff I had, but, but yeah, so she fires me October 13th. We bid, we make a presentation November 27th. We're, we're awarded it November 28th. We, we start December 10th. We, we, we don't get paid anything until July 27th. So we go October 13th. Really, October 14th, she overnighted a check, my final check, all the way till July of 2013 before we have any revenue. And, and we have a kid, and then we find out we were pregnant with a second with, with no insurance. And, and, but the, the, you, you want to talk about entrepreneurship or growing a business, um, you know, 
the, the kind of the second plan, plan B would have been, I don't know, I'd go get a job somewhere and we'd figure it out because I had connections and would we have to take a couple steps back? Maybe, who knows? I, I don't know. We, 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 we still don't know what plan B would have been, but plan A without a doubt was we're, we're going to go get central Arkansas come hell or high water. We're going to figure this thing out. Um, and you and, both, you both sold for central Arkansas. You were the, we you did. were essentially the employees to make yeah, it we happen. Were, we were owners down to interns and everything in between. So we, yep. so we, we showed up, we were there for geez, probably close to three years before we added our, 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 our second property. And it's the classic case, right. Of, you know, if you've got a mom and pop operation, you know, if you got a mom and pop store, if you open up a second store, now you got Ma here, you got Pa over here, right? Yep. And, and then, how do you grow to 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 three? You really can't grow to three. You got to grow to four, right? Because you got to add people to all all these because you can't have mom and pop going to all these places. And so, so I'm going to take just a couple of steps back. When you went to work for KP Sports, was that the first time that you started selling selling sponsorships, or had you? Did you have some prior experience when you're in your marketing roles at like Rice or yeah. Northwestern State? Yeah. So Texas State, I, I, I man, I, I think I one one day I sold a twenty five hundred dollar deal and I was I was on top of the world because I thought that was big money. They let me dabble in some program ad sales and things like that. Northwestern State, I oversaw our entire program, right? But it was one of you know fifteen jobs I had, but I I thought I did a pretty good job and I really liked it. And then when I was at Rice. I was joined really close to the hip with the IMG folks there. I saw some of the things that I really liked of what the guys did. And then I saw some of the things that IMG, just the way it's set up was, was just a little bit different with cutting a check versus kind of a revenue share type of a situation. So, but not until I, I got to KP sports, that, that was the first time I was 100% um, in, you know, in sponsorship sales. Which I think is, which I think is an interesting point to make because, that you weren't at KP very long, right? So here you are selling sponsorships for a limited amount of time and then starting your own sponsorship company, right? What were the challenges in that as far as learning the sales of sponsorships and then taking that to your company? Yeah, that it's, you know, a lot, and it's obviously still figuring out, right? We're always trying to learn. Whatever, Ryan, you're a pro now. You're a pro. (laughs) So, well, fortunately, they always say hire people better than you. And we've got some really, really good folks working for us. But, sure. you know, for, for me, it's just, it's all about relationships. It's all about talking to people. Yep. And, and so for, for me, it was, I, I didn't want to ever get too fancy. I didn't want to come up with the perfect pitch. I didn't want to uh, come up with the perfect whatever. It's let's just go out and, and roll up our sleeves and sit down and have a conversation, build, build a relationship, with build relationships and see what the sponsor, see what the sponsor, the brand wanted. It, right? Exactly. And, and let's face it, the schools that, that I have worked with in the past and the ones we have now, there's a big, big philanthropic side of it. You know, they, do they want to return? Absolutely. But it's heavily weighted in the philanthropic side. We're, we're, we're not sharing metrics and, eyeballs and this i mean we are doing that but that's not part of the initial it's not an ad buy it's they're, they're they want to know how they can get involved with these universities and so that part I, I had down just being a human being and just being curious about people's businesses you know it's it's intriguing to me to go sit down with whoever and just hear hear about how, how things operate and and then how can we make your your lives better and 
and then trying to figure out how we can do that. And, and, and that's been, that's been very, very helpful. And, and so we just did that. And, and, and then I think the most important thing you, you go back to early in my career is just talking to people, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of people that are older and wiser than, than I am. So why not talk to them and, and figure out how they've done it. Right. You left KP in 2012. Correct. And then they, they sold in 2015 to Learfield. Yes. Um, so not, not too long after. And you've been um, building peak for the last eight years, seen a lot of great success over those eight years and gaining a lot of momentum right now. Is there, there was a time when Learfield, now Learfield and IMG obviously are, are uh, they merged, you know, a few years back. But there was a time Learfield was kind of picking up Nell again. They were picking up KP Sports and they were, they were picking up all these quote-unquote smaller sponsorship, you know, companies, uh, these third-party right holder, yep. you know, companies. Do those conversations still come up today for, with, with you or, or do they not even worry about central Arkansas of the world? Yeah, you know, um, I, I would say like today in this world, I think it's very little, even though Outfront was, was just purchased, uh, I guess, last week you know, here in, here in September, um, the, uh, it will, here, here's what's interesting. So you go back to my finance degree. I loved hearing about mergers and acquisitions and all, all those types of things. And, and I always try to reverse engineer things. Right. And, um, in my belief, people buy companies for two reasons. Um, they, they buy them because they're annoyed with that competition and they just want to eliminate them. Uh, so I figured, man, we haven't, we haven't annoyed Learfield enough yet. Um, and that was never really our goal. And then the other reason that they do it is because it's undervalued because maybe the, the ownership group or the company just, uh, they need to sell because of cash flow or whatever. Um, you know, have we been, have people reached out to us? Sure. But I mean, if you go to our peak sports Twitter page and look at our feed, what's pinned, it's, it's the day that the Learfield IMG was leaked and we have zero interest on, on selling. Um, we, we, we were debt free. We have no parent company. Uh, and, and there's something about that where um, when you're built, when you build a company to have a company, to you know where you want revenues to exceed expenses and you want cash flow and you want profit um, rather than building a company for good EBITDA or uh, whatever terms that I haven't used since I worked for a financial company um, you, you're 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 working on borrowed time right you gotta sell it and for us you know we've got a nine and seven year old that I don't know if they want to get involved in this or not, but we want to build a legacy company where, where we can eventually hand it off to them. Or what I think is more likely is be able to hand this off to our employees, let them be major shareholders in it. That's something I think would be really important to us. I think that's admirable. I think that's awesome. And it's rare in this day and age. And so I think it's, I think it's awesome that you, that you want to do that. And I think it's what separates you from, from, uh, from the others. Do you feel like there's anything else that really separates you from like a from a Learfield IMG type of organization, other than they're ma they're massive in size, right? With some of those big D1 schools, but what but what separates you fr from them? Yeah, and they, those I mean those guys do really, and they all do a really nice job, and and they've I mean, geez, they they've been trailblazers. They've they've set everything for us, and 
it, and it, that could even be what separates you from KP Sports too, like that yeah, type of absolutely. And but you know, there's there's a lot of really good companies, and there's a lot of really good leaders within those companies. I think the number one thing, with without a doubt, that that separates us from from them is um, we we own our company, and we if if somebody needs help or if they said, man, we got to fix this, every AD and in, in, in a decent amount of our even university presidents have my cell and they call and they say, hey, we, we got to get this, we, we need some help on this here. Like, can you really help? And, and not saying that the other companies won't do that or, 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 or can't do that, but there's something to be said where we really, really look at every single one of our schools and, and, and we feel really, really special about them. They're not just a number. It's, it's something that's, that's really, really special to us. And so I think that is without a doubt that what, what separates us is the, the service that we can provide to the, to the schools with, without a doubt. And you've, you've had a lot of success re- recently and, and obviously COVID is, we'll, we'll talk about COVID and how that's, that's affected you. But um, there, there was a time prior to March where, and, and even after, even during COVID, I know that you've, you've, you know, added some, some schools too, but you've, you've seen a lot of success recently. How have you been able to see such great growth over the past few years? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, a, a, I guess a couple things. It, we were fortunate again, and I hate to keep going back to the, the, the debt-free part and, and not having a parent company or banks or whatever is, all of our decisions are, are, I make them alongside my wife and business partner, Kara. And so, um, so soon as this thing hit, our very first phone calls were, you know, first our employees, hey, let's make sure everybody's fine, safe, all those types of things. And then it's to our ADs of how can we help? And, and then, you know, it's us talking to our employees about call the sponsors to see how we can help. And so it's just all of March, all of April, all of May, it's how can we help? How can we help? And then once we thought this thing was turning in June, it's, hey, this is our thought for the future. July, it starts to turn. Late July, we're like, hey, we might need to have a discussion because things aren't looking good. And then in August, we're like, hey, let's have a discussion of what this looks like. And so we get all the way to August to start having discussions with people about, hey, this is tough on us and this is tough on y'all. We might need to modify things a little bit for this year to get through. And so instead of just sending a letter out in March saying, hey, this is bad, we, here's our contract modification, live with it. So that's helped because we're just, again, we're not feeling the pressure of, oh, we've got to make this, you know, there's been a cash call and we have to make it because our VCs are, are wanting it. You know, it's, it's none of that. Like there is no cash call. There's no, pay. I drive a 2009 Toyota Highlander with 185,000 miles. Like there is no car payment. And, and so for us, it's very, very easy to make very sound decisions through this. Now, it's been a struggle. You know, we've had to, we, we had to furlough folks. We had to cut pay. We've, you know, we've, we've brought all those, those, the pay reductions back up, which has been good. Um, but we, we've been very, very fortunate where we've been able to have very sound relationships and sound conversations with, with our ADs through this. And that's good. I think, and so what I'm hearing from you is really the relationships that you've built with your schools when you're in the mix for other schools uh, for the future, 
you're getting a lot of positive feedback because of your close relationship that you have with the other schools, like basically word of mouth. Yeah, I think a- absolutely. Cause if you, if you look at it, the, the schools we work with, you know, we're got 17 schools, three of them are, are high impact D twos. The rest of them are, are mid major division one schools, FCS schools. And, and so we're not working with the big boys and we could probably figure out how to do that. But, this is where we're at. This is the language we speak. It's, it's, it's where we've really succeeded in. And we, we know what, what these schools need. It's an uh, underserved market that you're providing for though. A hundred percent. And so it, the communication, the relationship building has been, has been very paramount. And, and, and for us, it's, it's been, it's been pretty easy because we, we got, you know, we work with some really good ADs that, that, that they just want help and we want to help and they want to help us us grow our business. It's great. We got really good partnerships. Yeah, that's great. And you, you and I have talked before about this and you've touched on it a little bit, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit deeper on it, on your culture, your culture being super important to your company. And, and you, you do everything you can to protect that. Tell, tell everyone about why culture has been important and how that's affected your company. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a, big, big, big time challenge all, all the time, right? So culture's a buzzword. We, we, we try to not make it be a buzzword. We try to actually live it. We call people out on culture when when they are uh, toting the company company flag, so to speak. And then we pull people in when we when we, we think they're 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 not living by it. But but I think the, the biggest determination of culture is when when myself or care or any leader in our company doesn't it's, it's just it's it's our GMs and AEs that are, are not even calling us about, Hey, you want to look into this? It's they're, they're talking to other people saying, Hey man, like this is a pretty good, pretty good setup that we have here or whatever that looks like. But, but, but for, for us, it's something we, we have to work on. Um, folk, our peers in this industry have to work on and you think about it. So, I mean, just literally look at what, what our employees wear. They're wearing the polos of a school. And so their allegiance, when they look in the mirror, they're seeing that, right? It's, it's, their, it's, their, it's their battle flag. It's their regalia that they're wearing. They're on that campus. And if you look at any of the websites, only mention of peak sports you see is, is on our original releases. We don't care about peak sports. You know, without the schools, we wouldn't be here. And, and so we, we want to make sure people are dialed in with us, but we also want to make sure that they're dialed in with their school. So we have our culture. We want to make sure it abides by the school's culture, right? And then you you take that and and then now we're you know we're three different time zones and you know from from Utah all all the way to the Carolinas and, and everything in between and so keeping that intact and and, and you know and, and so that that is a big part of us continually to have conversations with with our, our folks to make sure they're engaged uh, trying to figure out what makes them tick you know it's easy to just try to throw money at them. Um, but that's not what answers it. And it sure as heck during a pandemic doesn't answer that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just can't do it. And so for us, it's something that we're always, always trying to kind of poke and prod it and work at. Yeah, no, that's great. And you've been a great, a, a great voice for the industry and a, as a whole, but obviously even with COVID, the COVID shutdowns with college sports, um, you've been you know, vocal on that. And you, you're actually a great follow, I, I think, on Twitter, um, at Ryan M. Holloway. But what are your thoughts about the decisions of a lot of the schools that you work with going to spring? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say this: the and this has been a challenge on, on Twitter. Is I I want to really commend our athletic directors that are doing it, but but behind the scenes, every single one of our ads is trying. They're they're trying. They're trying. They're trying. And they're trying hard, and they want to say stuff because, but but they're dealing with 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 mayors. They're dealing with county commissioners, they're dealing with state health people, they're dealing with the presidents, um, they're dealing with conference. It's a, this without a doubt is has been the most challenging. I mean, we're, we're reading a history book right now and, and, and we're seeing some great leadership come out of it. And and so I what I've really seen is, is more ADs be more fortunate than anything, but the ones that have the fortune on their side, they've done a really good job of, of pushing forward. Those that can't, it's it's a challenge, but they're still doing the best they can do to provide a wonderful student athlete experience, providing a really good experience for our sponsors, their, their ticket holders, that type of a thing. But you know, for for me, I, I've been pretty vocal on it. You know, the being a business owner, I'm looking at cash flow analysis all the time. The college athletics industry makes no financial sense. If you can invest in it, it would be the worst investment possible, even at the biggest levels because schools spend every dollar that they make, right? And, and so you've got, I don't know, a dozen schools that are sufficient. Literally the other 350 have, are break even at $0. That's because they're topped off by the, by the university. And so my thoughts were, if we're gonna play, let's play. But if we're not, shut it down like a, uh, like a, like a ski slope, right? Why, why keep, keep everything fully staffed if there's no snow? And, and does it, does that affect does that affect your cash flow at that point? Oh, it would it would mildly affect it, and so that's where it's it, it's interesting for me to kind of put myself out there. But I'm just trying to speak a little wisdom into things, and, and, and for for us, it's hit us a little quicker, right? You know, the cash is real to us. The cash that we spend is that's money we're putting aside for our girls' college funds. It's for our mortgage and. Um, whereas ADs and presidents and, and ADs are pushing, they really want to push the presidents. It's state appropriated funds. Now, once tuition's down, that's when the story comes real. But, um, for us, it's like, if we're not going to do this, maybe Nick Saban needs to be furloughed. And it's a crazy thing to look at, but if this is a crazy thing we're dealing with, we need to look at crazy solutions. Now, now, I, I do think we're in a really good spot. So that was my thought at one point is if we got all shut it down and we have to shut down our business and put it on pause for, for, for nine months, then so be it. If it's going to help the longevity of us and the entire industry, let's do it. But what you find out real quick is that's not possible, right? And so do I really think that we should do that? No, not at all. I, I think we need to fight and try to make, make sense. Now, what I think is good about playing in the spring is it still gives us an opportunity to sell, give student athletes an opportunity to play. I think that there's definitely going to be a challenge of, of playing in the spring and then turning around and playing a full fall. So I think that, that uh, conferences and NCAAs can have to figure out real quick of what 21 looks like, 21, 22, because that's got it just has to look different. It has Cause to you look could look at it and go, Hey, let's, let's play the games, but not have any fans, I guess that would be even more of a challenge with you. Cause I mean, with, uh, Alabama, they've got TV money, right. And TV exposure and things, but some of these schools may, may not have some of yeah, the media absolutely. In, impressions. And so that affects you as well. Yeah, abs absolutely. That, that, that affects us big time. But, 
but I, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jason, what, what, what's, what's happened through all of this is, is, is again, we, we're very fortunate that, that we've, that we've developed good relationships because you can't have a good relationship if you're not working with good people. So we've got relationships are everything, everything. And so when our first conversation is how can we help in our second conversation is the same or our third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and not until our eighth conversation is, Hey, we got to figure this thing out to soften it. And we have conversations in a vast majority of our, of our relationships this year have been altered where we've tried to soften it for both parties. Cause we've said, Hey, y'all, y'all can't guarantee what's in the contract. We can't guarantee what's in the contract either because there's a global pandemic. And fortunately all of our schools with the exception of one, and we're going to lose a school through this, which is fine. We're going to survive because they, they dealt with it. And that school, unfortunately, we, we weren't working with the athletic director. We were working with general counsel where that individual, uh, I guess, isn't aware that there's a global pandemic going on and <laughs> not having football. But uh, that, that's fine. That was going to rear its, its head anyway. But what we found is that our, our culture has never been stronger and our relationship with our athletic directors have never been stronger and our communication's never been more transparent with them because guess what? It's got to be right. How do you feel like the, that COVID's going to change the in-stadium experience for sponsorships, especially at these, these uh, kind of the smaller schools? Yeah. So I, I do think going back to the philanthropic side, I think what we found at first we were terrified. Um, but what we found is, uh, the, the businesses that have been able to survive, banks, the, the, the grocery stores, these type of folks, um, they, they still want to be involved. And, and they, they know that universities need help. Excuse me. If, if somebody's doing 100000 or 10000 or even 1000 they still have that propensity to give. Now, th- this is where I legitimately feel bad for, for Alabama. If, if there's a sponsor doing $5 million, how can they justify doing $5 million? how can they even justify doing four or three million? They can justify probably doing a million, right? Just based on the warm and fuzzy, but they're paying for eyeballs. And, and that's where there's a challenge. So moving forward, I, I you know, I've been to two games this year. Uh, I, I'm scheduled to go to another, another few here. I, I think people want to be back, you know, and you go out to eat, people enjoy that. People are starting to see these things. Yeah. Uh, that we got a, something big going on in November. We'll see where that takes us. Um, I think that the market's going to shift a little and it already has, but I think people just want to be back to normal. I mean, we're human beings, creatures of habit, and I'm excited about the future, about what sponsors are. They, they just, they just want to be back They're, They want their businesses to be back. And if this thing's going to be here for a while, you know, we need to figure out how, how to, how to work within it. And I think we already are. And to your point, are there, are there any process or changes that you, that you're going to make in your business that will, maybe protect you from, from another pandemic or anything like this? Is this kind of have to have you think outside the box a little bit for the future? You know, uh, maybe, maybe how you structure your deals with the universities or things like that. You know, maybe a little bit, right. But, um, I would, I would say this, I, I think probably just for a little protection, but, um, but, but I, I, I know this, I don't know how much we change it in, in, you know, we sign deals and very rarely do we ever open up the contract. Cause it's, it's all about the, it's, I know we talk about partnerships a lot today, but it really is about the partnership and 
the relationships and just asking how can we get through this thing? And, and it, it would be pretty bold for me to call up, um, you know, any of our schools that aren't playing and saying, well, you're, you're breaking the contract. You owe us damages. Like that's not going to go well. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a lot easier to call up and say, Hey, y'all are struggling. You know, I know you're getting kicked, kicked in the pants all the time by your coaches and player parents and season ticket holders, but I just want to let you know, whatever, whatever you need from us, like, let's figure it out. But if you aren't playing football, like we're going to need to figure something out too. And, and, and that's a great conversation. So, um, you know, is going into this with us being remote anyway, we're used to zoom calls. So that that's been an easy transition. Um, you know, maybe not as many, uh, in-game promos that we're handing out. We we've shifted to digital program ads, uh, at, at our places. And, and a lot of that is because of schools and, and, and state and city mandates. And, and, and here's the wonderful thing is majority of the sponsors, 99% of the sponsors, um, have been very understanding and very comfortable with that, which has been good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I've got three questions I always ask all yeah. my, uh, all my guests that come on the podcast. What do you feel like the future looks like for peak sports? I think it looks really good. You know, we, we, we wanted to hit 20 by 20, 20 by the end of 20. We're, we're sitting at 17 schools. We've got two baseball tournaments. We can call it 19. Um, you know, we had a hashtag at the beginning of the year, big things coming in, in the punchline to that was, was definitely not COVID. It was this, I, I, I think we've got a really good shot at hitting that before, before the ball drops. I really do. And beyond that, it's, it's, man, it's the sky's the limit, but we've got to control our growth so that we can still maintain good relationships and make sure each of our schools feel special. That's great. And what makes you get up in the morning and do what you do? You know, it's, it's, it's being able to, you know, for, for us, it's being able to, you know, continue to make an impact at our, at our institutions. I mean, it's, it's cool when, when a school, you know, of ours that normally buses eight hours where they say, hey, this year we're getting a charter because of y'all, you know, because we can afford that. that that's pretty cool. Um, being able to build a business. I mean, we, building a business is not for the faint of heart. Being a leader uh, in, in athletics, you know, if you're an AD or whatever, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's getting up and figuring out what problems can I solve today, right? And that, that's, that's always exciting to me is how can I roll my sleeves up and, and, and accomplish something today? If you were listening to this podcast 10 years ago, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Uh, I think this is an easy one is uh, things are never as bad as you think they are. But, <laughs> but maybe more importantly, things are never as good as you think they are either, right? So never get too high, never get too low, kind of stay right in the middle. And if that's the case, then, then, then it should always be really, really good. That's great. That's great advice. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. This has been awesome. Appreciate it. Ryan Holloway, president, founder of Peak Sports Management. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sponsor Pod. Today's podcast was brought to you by Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sponsor Pod. 
Before you go, I want to remind you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends through email, social media, or even by word of mouth. We appreciate all the support. Until next time, I'm Jason Smith, and you've been listening to The Sponsor Pod.